Hi there, I'm your host Kate. I grew up in Seattle, Washington around friends that were entrepreneurs or had parents that were. Throughout my different ventures, I came to a realization that I enjoy talking to people about their careers and listening to their inspiring stories. One day, I thought to myself, why not record these conversations and make it into a podcast? So here we are, and now these stories are available to you with the hope that you'll also find them inspiring. Jesse is a web developer, entrepreneur, and speaker. He grew up in the United States, but started living in other cities outside of the country since 2008. He currently lives in Thailand and brings in about $230,000 per year from his current project, Drop-In Blog. He enjoys the flexibility of being a digital nomad and getting to work and live wherever he wants. Listen to this episode to hear about how Jesse went from selling online items to freelancing and owning his own business. It's pretty awesome that you were able to make your own career, like your own position. How did you think that you could create your own job? Well, um, I guess I've always been someone who's I've really just been naturally entrepreneurial as even as like a very young kid, I was always like finding stuff to sell or, or seeing like arbitrages of pricing. And so my head has always kind of been like, Oh, uh, you know, you can buy donuts there in bulk for 25 cents and you can sell them at school for 50 cents or like, you know, the brain was always doing stuff like this. So uh, I, I kind of, I kind of say like, I didn't really have a choice. There wasn't like planning involved that it was just, my brain was like, wouldn't shut up about these kind of things. And then sort of at the same time, I saw how, you know, people that had more money had an easier life and could solve the problems and, you know, this kind of stuff. So it seemed like a nice match where I was like, oh, okay, you can do this stuff and then you have some money and then you can have a better life. So it seemed like a pretty, uh, obvious path of of uh of a a general life path uh using entrepreneurship to you know better better your life essentially so and let me ask you this were was anyone in your family an entrepreneur yeah sort of um my parents uh they owned a menswear store uh in the small town that i grew up in and while obviously the menswear store is, you know, they're owning a small store in a, in a, in a, in a town. Uh, obviously that is being entrepreneurs. Right. So definitely had that in, in the family. I wouldn't say that they're like me where they're constantly like starting new business ideas and this kind of stuff. They kind of fell into entrepreneurship on accident. Uh, my dad and my mom were actually both working at like other retail stores and, and the, the guy in the town who owned the men's store kind of saw them as like having, uh, you know, being good at their job. So kind of said like, Oh, you know, you could, instead of working at this place, you could own this place. And he, the, he kind of looked at it as an exit opportunity for him and kind of 
shoehorn them into entrepreneurship basically so uh you know they definitely were entrepreneurs but uh at the same time i i didn't grow up with them brainstorming business ideas every night and and trying lots of new stuff and that kind of thing it was usually me coming to them going oh well you've got the store and you could add this or change that or whatever and they're like okay okay whatever <laughs> and that's uh fascinating to me because you mentioned you grew up in a small town and i believe it was wisconsin if i'm right yeah that's correct yeah yeah it's uh, about a ten thousand person town it was about five thousand people when i lived there so and other people like your peers, were they thinking, were they, did they have the same mindset as you or were they definitely to go not to school and get a job? No. no. In the town I grew up, most people uh, either, I mean, definitely a lot of people like went to college and university or whatever, and then, you know, kind of did a traditional career path. But also the town that I grew up in was kind of blue collar. So there's a lot of people that went on to paths in trades or factory or this kind of stuff. So that was kind of more what was around in the, in the area. And you mentioned that you were always thinking of new business ideas and you were just naturally entrepreneurial. What was your very first business you can think of? Was it the selling donuts that you mentioned? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I had a lot. Like when I was in high school, I was doing all kinds of stuff. So uh was like selling stuff on eBay, um, had like a t-shirt company. I got like a patent for some like fashion thing. Uh like yeah, there was a lot of lot of stuff, uh varying levels of success. I think the first thing I'll say that I did that actually made like money that counted was on ebay i had found this arbitrage selling like knockoff thigh masters so i don't know if you remember the uh suzanne summers uh thigh master thigh exerciser thing from way back but uh basically there was like this moment in time where you know she had like pounded the infomercial scene with that and then like had pulled it you know, it wasn't profitable anymore on infomercial, but everyone knew this thing. And so then like, uh, I had found a source, uh, that made like, you know, kind of knockoff ones for like three bucks coming from China. And, you know, they were selling on eBay for like 20, 30 bucks because they, people, they still like had the advertising in their head and they wanted to buy these things. So, uh, you know, when I was in high school, there was a, a good stretch of time where it, you know, I was selling like three to five a day and like every day after school was like heading over to my parents store to like box these up and ship them out and that kind of stuff. And that actually turned out to be like real money for like a, you know, 15 year old or whatever I was. So uh, that was a that was a pretty good one. How did you find the capital to start it? Was it just from your previous businesses or allowed? I mean, I had I had jobs in high school. Um, you know, I, I had a couple like random you know i worked at like a catering company i worked at like a fast food for a while i worked at my parents store so i was always during that time i always did have like a a normal job that was funding my day-to-day stuff and and you know giving capital for these kind of ventures which mostly failed but a couple of them did okay um when did you start web developing uh, it was actually like not too long after that. When I got out of high school, uh, I'd moved to Madison, which is like a college town in Wisconsin. Uh, I didn't go to college. I just moved to the college town. And uh, yeah, 
uh, need to make money. So I started learning about HTML programming and started just um, learning the basics of like building websites. Uh, and then I started like a web design company, which is basically just me trying to build websites for small businesses. And that evolved over many years and turned into an agency. And then I had a team and business partner, like kind of grew over, over quite a few years. And I had that agency for a long time and it, uh, it ended up funding kind of my other ventures essentially. So Jesse, you, I believe you didn't go through the traditional school schooling path, correct? Correct. You taught yourself all these skills. Yeah. Okay. So did you like just go online and learned it at the time? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, most programmers just kind of figure it out as they go. So you do a lot of Googling, a lot of stack overflow, a lot of copy and paste and edit and trial and error and this kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, it. I mean, I guess nowadays they have these kind of coding boot camp, like, you know, fast school things, which uh, uh, might be good, actually, like, uh, to, so you can get some best practices and kind of get it figured out. But you know, when I was learning that there was none of that stuff, it was just like trial and error, trying to figure it out and learn how to program. So, uh, yeah, it was just a lot of, uh, throwing things at the wall, basically trying to figure it out and work your way through sometimes the, the long way, but, uh, it's, you know, you gotta, you gotta like it. You gotta be excited about solving these problems and that kind of stuff. Were you 19 at this time when you started becoming um, a web developer? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's when I started just kind of learning about programming and built my first website. And I mean, this was a long time ago, so it was, you know, just basic HTML stuff. And uh, yeah, that, that sort of slowly progressed over the years as I learned different things. And then I kind of started, I started learning about outsourcing then, and I started hiring people from around the world, like to do things that I didn't know how to do. And that's sort of got me into this sort of remote company building thing like way 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 before it like started to become normalized and uh that ended up being a pretty big leg up for me over the years as well so you were 19 and that's around the age when most people are in high school or finishing high school transitioning to college instead of going to the school route you decided that you're gonna just become a web developer, create your own business and get your own book of business. Um, at that time, were you scared at all to take this risk to not take the traditional route? Uh, I, I definitely wasn't scared about not going to university, if that's the question. I honestly never even considered going like it. it, it like when I was like 15, 16, 17, like I had zero interest in going to university. Uh, for me, that just seemed like a w huge waste of time. Cause in my mind, I kind of always saw all these opportunities around me with business. Like I didn't know what I was going to do. I just knew I was going to do something, some business, and I didn't know, you know, what was going to succeed or what wasn't, but I knew that four years of wasting my time in school to be, that'd be four years behind of building a business. That was my mindset the whole time. You know, yeah. when I was in high school, I kind of thought like the same, I was like, I'm wasting all this time in school when I could be like building a business. So it kind of, once I got out of high school and, and I didn't like in high school, I didn't say I'm going to be a web developer. It wasn't, I hadn't got there yet. And it was still very early with the internet. So 
I just kind of, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do something. And mm-hmm. so uh had been trying lots of different things. And then it was the, the web stuff that kind of started to, to click at that moment. And it was just good timing, I guess, uh, you know, things were just starting to become a thing on the internet. Right. So well, uh, why that was I, I kind of asked was because failure seems to be a big barrier for people who want to start and like mm. leave the traditional route and start their own business or become a freelancer like yourself. So why I asked was like, it, it seems to me as if you were never afraid to fail like you were ready to take these chances and you weren't afraid like if if my business failed I don't need a plan plan b like a back backup plan or anything it's just I want to try well, the plan this. b is is start another business like uh you know that's kind of the thing or you know, it's also not completely black and white right you don't have to just jump off the deep end and and be without income forever right? You can do these things on the side. So you can, and, and, you know, there was times that too, like when I was starting, like I, I would have like, uh, in the early days, like when I thought I was going to have this super successful web design company within, uh, you know, three months or whatever that didn't happen. So I actually had a part-time job for, uh, you know, maybe like two years or something during that beginning time to help fund the, you know, my life was just poor, you know, uh, but I mean, anyone, so anyone who's thinking about like, if they already have a job and they're thinking about becoming an entrepreneur or freelancing or whatever, you can just start doing that on the side. I mean, people have a lot of time in the day, you know, stop watching TV and, and, and spend two hours a, a day, uh, you know, working on your side project or whatever. And then that's kind of the, the, there's ways to do it without, uh, you know, taking the big, big leap and, and worrying about losing everything and whatever, or, you know, scaling back your hours or switching to a job that's half time or three quarters time, or, you know, there's a lot of ways to kind of work through that without just completely jumping off or, uh, that kind of thing. I mean, I generally recommend that people before they just quit or before they, uh, decide to become a nomad or something, you know, have, have some, some something working on the internet, something remotely working that's bringing some income. It doesn't have to be a lot, but it has to be something so that you have kind of proved that you can make some money, basically. So um, I really like that you mentioned it's not not black and white. There's a way if you want to find a way, I guess. And yeah, for sure, you have to be motivated. Yeah. You know, this isn't easy. Those first couple of years are going to be hard. Like it's you're going to have to sacrifice stuff. You're going to have to go less dinners with your friends. You maybe won't have enough money to go out partying or whatever you like to do. Like that, you know, there there will be sacrifices because there's only so much time. But on the flip side, you actually do have a lot of time as a human. It's just you know we have all these like. uh kind of societal obligations that are like taking up a lot of time. So whether that's doing lazy stuff, like scrolling on your phone or watching Netflix or whatever, or like, you know, Oh, you got girls night every Thursday or whatever. Guess what? You don't have to do that. Like, even though like that's tradition and you guys do it all the time, you don't actually have to do that. And you also don't have to have Sunday dinner at mom's house. Like you don't have to, like it's, it is your life, you know? So uh, these, these are kind of like, I feel like there's always a lot of, there's a lot of time in your, in your schedule that you think is like, you can't give that thing up, but actually, actually you can, like it's, it is your life. So uh, that, that can be a a tricky one, but uh, you know, we have more time than we think. Did you feel like, like sacrifice a lot in the beginning when you were starting to build your business? And then nowadays, 
do you feel like you can get more of that time back? Spend more time with friends? You have more of a flexible schedule? Like how many hours do you work a week? And I mean, I definitely have a very flexible schedule in a, in a cushy life, but I've been doing this for a long time. So, you know, it's like now I have a good income. Now I have a team like, you know, it, but it does go in phases, you know, uh, for me, it, it depends on how motivated I am or what we're working on as a new project. I, because now I have like a medium sized thing going on. So I spend a lot of time thinking about what's going to be the next move and where the company's going to go and this kind of stuff. So it's like hours worked is kind of a, a tricky, uh, question to answer, but, uh, I'm definitely not working 10 hours a day, six days a week. That's for sure. Uh, but I definitely have for many phases in my life when I was in starting different businesses or trying to find things. And, and I may again, uh, it, during a different phase of this business or the next one. So, uh, it, it just kind of depends on, on your goals, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's definitely sacrifices that'll have to be made, uh, for sure. Uh, I mean, I will say one thing, uh, is I think like moving actually can kind of help if you're really, if you truly do want to like make a change and like become, uh, location independent or just become financially independent by like running your own business a, a lot of those social obligations that i was talking about they go away if you move so if you move somewhere first of all move cheaper like don't live in california and don't live in you know it's like move to somewhere cheaper that has less taxes that you know because then the bar is lower to get going right like there's a lot of places in the world you can live totally fine for like one to two thousand dollars a month and it's like, so that all of a sudden now, if you, if you had your, your job and then you like did some side project and you figured out how to make $1,500 a month, you can now just leave your old life. You can just leave, you can just leave California, quit your job, whatever, and then move somewhere else. And now, and now you have all of your time to work on this project that you were moonlighting two hours a day. Right. And so then you can really lean into that. And it's a great arbitrage of time. And you're able to then really push on that business and, and accelerate it a lot. Not to mention potentially surround yourself with like minded people who are also probably in that same boat instead of fighting this up uphill path against all of your peers in where you are now that that don't get what you're doing and are like, why don't you just try to get a promotion and make more money next year? And so it's, uh, th those things can all really work well together if you're trying to get on that path. And, um, I feel like that, uh, what you just shared there, you did that a long time ago when you moved to Thailand. Yeah, actually I moved out of the States in 2008 and I moved to, uh, Panama city, Panama, um, and I, I lived there for quite a few years. Uh, I lived quite a few places, but, um, yeah, that was kind of, uh, the first time I kind of understood about currency arbitrage and, you know, starting a fresh life around like-minded people. And, uh, I, I didn't, it wasn't like super thought out as I'm kind of explaining now, but, but in, in hindsight, it was a massive, uh, catalyst for change in my life. And, uh, helped uh my career helped my mindset helped so many things so uh there's a lot of uh, benefits to moving out of not just your your hometown but maybe your country yeah i like what you said about finding that circle of like-minded people um there's a quote that says like you are like i believe the the top five percent of who you hang out with right yeah so how did you find these people 
Um, did you go on to like online communities? How were you able to find these like-minded people and surround yourself with them? Yeah, I mean, well, one thing is if you've ever been outside of the U.S. to places where uh, kind of nomads and internet entrepreneurs are placing themselves generally because of qual higher quality of life for a lower cost, there's actually pretty big communities in these places. So it's 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 not hard to find them. Uh, there's there's big active communities like Nomad List, uh, or there's also just like Facebook groups in every single one, every city around the world, expats in city name, nomads in city name. And there's just tons of people. And all of these people are do, kind of doing the same thing in one way or another. They're working on their online thing. They're you know, trying to figure out all this stuff. And so the, the community is, is vibrant, especially now. Uh, I mean, the last few years has been really big uh, for this this concept. And so there's it's big community all around the world. So um, at, and at every level too. The, you know, there's people making $500 a month that are living in very cheap places. There's people making, uh, you know, $200,000 a month living in expensive places that are kind of that are actually on the same path, just in different phases. So there's there's a lot of community and support around the world in many cities uh, in this concept. I believe you're 41 years old and your That's correct. Uh, annual income is 230000 a year. Something like that, yeah. Is that pretty consistent every year or it just really depends on how much you want to work? I mean, in my current scenario, because uh, I founded this company called Drop and Blog a few years ago uh, with a couple of co-founders, and it's actually turning into be a very big business. So uh, now it's growing a lot all the time. So it's a little bit different now. But for throughout my general history of working on the internet, it varied a lot based on yeah what I was doing and what kind of projects I was doing. Because I had this agency, as I mentioned, for a long time. And even though I did have a staff and and this kind of thing, we're still kind of trading time for money. And that did kind of directly relate to how hard I worked. So there was, you know, a lot of years when I was making like low six figures and, but also like that was enough. So I didn't really care because the thing about agency life and other types of trading your time for money, it it's very, it's a very linear uh, input output sort of a thing, right? So it's like, if I wanted to make $300,000 a year, I had to work very hard and I had to manage a lot of staff and it was very stressful and have a lot of clients and this kind of thing where now that we have a product, it's a little bit less linear. So, you know, we can focus on the marketing and, you know, this kind of stuff. And it's the, the input to output. It's, it's like really heavily front loaded when you're building a product. And then over the years, it, it starts to kind of multiply itself. So uh, now, now it's, it's more of an exponential growth thing, but for the most part of a lot of my career, it was very input output based. And so I would kind of uh, sway back and forth. Like if I, if I wanted to have more of a lifestyle orientated year, I wouldn't work as hard and I wouldn't make as much money and I would gallivant and, and meet people and, and enjoy life. And then there's kind of an ebb and flow where, you know, then I start feeling poor and, and start missing the work and the excitement of it. And then I would kind of get back focused and, and drive more business and, and make some more money and kind of this kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, it depends. I, I kind of stopped doing everything else. So a few years ago when drop and blog started taking off, 
we had three side projects as well as the main agency. And the whole goal, the whole time when we had the agency was we kept trying side projects because we wanted to have a product of some type that was did not have a linear input-output based revenue stream. And so we had been trying many things for many years and then Drop and Blog's the one that finally took off in 2019. And then we kind of sold other projects and and uh you know wound down the agency and kind of focused all in on drop and blog so that's all drop and blog that's salary whatever that's how that all came together awesome and um i'm gonna take a quick step back can you share with the audience what drop in blog is i know that's one of the current projects i mean that is the current project you're really working on if you can share with them what it is um and what what is your goal eventually for drop and blog yeah, you bet. Um, so Drop and Blog is a blog platform that we built from scratch. Its main target is if you built your website in anything that was not WordPress. So say you built your website in Shopify or Teachable or uh, any of these kind of no code builders, we'll call them, and you want to add a blog to it that's where we come in. So most of those platforms either don't have a very great blog or they don't have any blog at all. And so if you built your, say you're, you're doing an online course about something, then usually you're going to build your website and Thinkific or Teachable. And you know those are great platforms, but they don't have a blog. So it's like when you want to start content marketing, there's no way to do it. Uh, so uh, our product drop and blog uh, drops into the existing platform and allows you to uh, do content marketing and blogging from within there. So uh, our goal is to kind of integrate with as many of these platforms as possible and be kind of the premier blogging solution for everyone. Uh, so that's that's the project. And as far as the goals of the project, uh, you know, we're trying to win. We're trying to make a great product that people love to use and is their go-to content marketing solution. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, eventually maybe we'll exit or something, but we're totally not even close to that space right now. Like we're, we're making good money. Our founders were very happy. We have a nice team. Uh, things are just kind of, we're, we're in that exciting phase where now we can see the, the, the kind of ceiling has broken on opportunity and we, we see, oh, there's so many platforms we can integrate with. There's, there's so much headroom in what we can do with it. So, uh, we're just kind of excited to see where that goes and, and, you know, we'll, we'll figure out what happens with acquisition stuff many years down the road. It's, it's just not, uh, not, not at, at a space where acquisition would make sense for us right now. If you could give um, a listener like three bullet points of key takeaways, if they wanted to start a side business or eventually move and start their own thing, what would it be? Yeah. I mean, it's actually a pretty simple formula. I would say, uh, you know, start a side project. So what that is, is going to depend on your skill set, et cetera. So um, there's a lot of easy ways you can start freelancing on Upwork. You can start doing gigs on Fiverr. Uh, there, there are lots of things you can do uh, to make some side cash and come up with different ideas. So first of all, try a few different things to get a side hustle going while you have your existing job. Yeah. Don't just quit and run off because you probably will fail a couple times before you find something that sticks. So uh, kind of as we'd mentioned earlier, uh, you know, start something on the side. It's not black and white. And then once you get, say, even just like one to two thousand dollars a month in real income, then move somewhere cheap that you can live on that. So there's a lot of places in the world you could do that. 
that have great quality of life, Chiang Mai, Thailand, Penang, Malaysia, um, maybe Bali, uh, Medellin, Colombia. Uh, there are tons of places that you can live a decent quality of life on that amount of income. And then, then that arbitrage that I was talking about earlier happens where you, now you have all your time. You don't have all these social obligations. You can work hard on that project and you are surrounded by peers. So that's kind of the whole formula. It's just figure out how to make one to $2,000 a month and then move somewhere cheap where there are other like-minded people and then figure it out from there. That was Jesse Schoberg, freelancer who created his own opportunities and his own job title. You can go to dayone.com and click on Jesse's page to learn more about his current and past projects and articles. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on our website at www.dayoneway.com or follow us on social media.